Leadership, mission, and vision. Leadership clearly defines and communicates the mission of your organization to all stakeholders. Leadership promotes a culture that is adaptable and open to change from within. Leadership invests in and listens to data. Periodically, it's important to go back and look at your mission statement, your vision statement, and any organizational philosophy statements to make sure you're on the right track. This is not something I do every day or even every week, but it's worth doing on a regular basis, and it's worth doing it in concert with your staff, your board, your stakeholders to really dig in and think about what your mission statement says. So Swords to Plowshares mission statement is, war causes wounds and suffering that last beyond the battlefield. Swords to Plowshares mission is to heal the wounds of war, to restore dignity, hope, and self-sufficiency to all veterans in need, and to prevent and end homelessness and poverty among veterans. Note that this doesn't say that we provide housing. It doesn't say that we provide legal or employment services. We do, of course. but. These services are not listed out in the mission statement. However, the mission statement encompasses what these services are and what our overall goals are. Next, our vision statement. All veterans will have access to the care and services they need to rebuild their lives. Now, as a vision statement, this goes beyond what we do every day. We want to make sure that all veterans have access to care and services, but we're not going to deliver those services to all veterans. We are going to do what we can for our veterans and our community. We are going to do everything that we have the expertise and skills and capacity to do. And we're going to work towards the broader vision that all veterans everywhere have access to care and services they need to rebuild their lives. That's one of the reasons why we put together this toolbox to help other people in their services for veterans. Next, our philosophy. Our model of care is based on the philosophy that the obstacles veterans face, including homelessness, unemployment, and disability, are interrelated and require an integrated network of support. This reflects our deep commitment to wraparound services and to community-based networking. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Leadership should promote a culture that is adaptable and open to change from within. So when we sit down and we're talking about our mission statement, our vision statement, our philosophies, we have to invite in our staff and board and our stakeholders and discuss, does this still reflect our mission? Does it say what we want staff and funders and supporters and others to understand? Does it reflect what we do in an ever-changing world? A few years back, we added the word prevention to our mission statement. We were thinking about our response to post-9-11 veterans, how that impacted our work and changes to national programs. We were, of course, still responding and caring for all the veterans in need of all eras and all decades and our current clients. But we knew that over the years, we had to apply our lessons learned about preventable outcomes visited upon Vietnam-era veterans. They languished for far too long, and too many of them fell into homelessness and chronic homelessness due to undiagnosed or untreated mental health needs, due to an inaccessible system of care. And we look at those veterans and we say, we don't want a veteran coming home from Iraq or Afghanistan today 
who have to unnecessarily suffer. We as an organization and we as a society have an obligation to be proactive as well as reactive to need. So on the ground, that meant we had to engage in proactive outreach. We couldn't just sit and wait for them to come through the doors or sit and wait until we saw them on a street corner. We had to engage in proactive outreach. We had to change our language so it was meaningful to a new generation of veterans. We had to talk to them. We held focus groups where we discussed what was going on now and not rely on the assumptions that we had based on past experience as to how they were reintegrating into civilian society, how they were accessing services, and how they were doing getting back on their feet and launching their civilian lives. So in order to accomplish this, leadership needs to invest in and listen to data. Looking at our philosophy, we deeply believe that wraparound services work and they're vital to serving the whole veteran. You can't fix one thing and leave other needs unaddressed. Now we can point to countless stories which demonstrate our thesis that wraparound services are necessary. For example, a veteran comes in for employment services, they're pragmatic, there's no stigma attached to that or very little comparatively. But when they sit down and we start talking to them, we realize that their housing is unstable, They are either homeless or they're in arrears on rent and they're about to get kicked out. We find out that they are not enrolled in VA healthcare or they aren't eligible for VA healthcare and they need services to look at their discharge status or to file a complicated claim for disability benefits. We find out that they have family that they cannot take care of. And that adds enormous other stresses to their lives. So what we do is we refer them to the appropriate department within Swords to Plowshares or outside agencies in order to meet all those needs. In many cases, we do provide a big array of services, but there are a lot of things that we don't do. And there's no reason for us to do those things. For example, we don't practice criminal law. If a veteran has justice-involved issues, we refer them to someone else to take care of those. We don't practice medicine. We're not doctors. So if a veteran needs physical health care, we refer them to the VA and help them to get to the VA. Or if that's not possible, we refer them to community-based clinics and care. We can tell those stories and they're wonderful. They're really gratifying to tell those stories of how we got to know someone, developed that trust, and found out how to really help them on so many levels. But we need to do more. We need to check in on our methods and make sure that they work on the whole, how they can be improved, made more efficient, and meet the needs of staff as well as clients. So using logic models can be helpful in this discussion. The simplest form of the elements of logic models, logic models for dummies, is inputs, outputs, and outcomes. Inputs are staff time, equipment, investment. Outputs are the things you generate in order to accomplish your goals. It's not accomplishing the goals. It's what you do to get to that goal, what you make to get to that goal what systems you apply to get to that goal. And outcomes are defined by what difference did you make in the end. 
Did you accomplish your goals? Did you accomplish goals you didn't know you were going to accomplish? Did your theory of change play out? And the answers to those questions are going to determine what you need to consider in terms of organizational strategy adjustments. Perhaps assumptions made initially were not completely correct. So, for example, assumptions that were initially made when you were developing your theory of change may not have been completely correct, or the world may have changed since then. So look at the overall philosophies around housing for homeless veterans. It used to be that the first thing to focus on was sobriety. If veterans were going to come in, what was practiced then, transitional supportive housing, they must commit to sobriety. They must commit to those programs. And that was a great thing for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of veterans. But it left some of the most vulnerable veterans on the street. As the years progressed and so much was accomplished in reducing veteran homelessness, it became clear that there were veterans who were the most hard to reach, the most vulnerable, the most high acuity, who remained on the streets. And those systems, that thought process was not going to get them into housing. It was a barrier that was just too high for them to overcome in order to even contemplate coming into houses and coming into care. So Housing First was developed by advocates across the country, housing providers, clinical professionals, and so on. And it was a response to tailor programs to accomplish the desired outcome, which is to end veteran homelessness. And now we have systems where for those veterans that need it, they can come in, it's Housing First. And at that point, we consider how to develop that trust, how to develop that community how to look at them individually in a client-centered approach to give them the space to reduce use if that is something that they're interested in doing. But that doesn't mean that all those other programs were thrown out. It just meant that we looked at the entire system of care and it was evident that there was something missing and that some people were being left behind on the streets and we wanted to address that. It can be difficult to carve out time and step back and have these discussions, but it's really something that leadership needs to do on a regular basis. It's well worth the time. It's regenerative and inspires all your staff, your stakeholders, your leadership, your supporters, your board of directors to step back and consider what the everyday work means in the big picture of improving the lives of veterans and their families.